We are continually told we are not in a recession, which probably means we are in a recession. Chicago is so dangerous that even their ferocious animals are leaving, and equity is creating quite a stink in a small Michigan city. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, well, you can tell we are in a really slow news cycle. Um, Joe Biden, of course, we shouldn't be, but we are. Joe Biden, of course, is uh, coming out of COVID, so he hasn't been around. Uh, supposedly, he made he got out today. He, he's had two negative tests, so he's out of COVID. He, I, I didn't hear his statement. I didn't really pay attention to it, so we should be getting more news. But here's the thing with news cycles. Um this is the calm before the storm. And we're going to find out tomorrow whether we're in a recession or not. We'll get more into the recession thing because according to the Biden administration, we're not really in a recession. And then they made an oopsie. One of the guys actually kind of made a mistake. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I would expect tomorrow and Friday, yeah, they're going to be pretty big. But the good news with having such a slow news cycle is we get to talk about things that are kind of fun and just weird. Uh, and we have got a bunch of stories that are just kind of out there. But first, we have to get to our Kamala-isms. You can't forget about our Kamala-isms. And there are a couple today. Uh, they happened yesterday. I guess Kamala was at some sort of conference with a bunch of women and they were talking about abortion and she started doing something that you know honestly I thought only the colleges were doing but apparently we can like we always said like it's been said it's a cliche almost politics is downstream of culture and if the culture's doing it just wait it'll become political soon enough listen to how Kamala introduced herself uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um, That's right. Her pronouns. She had to use her pronouns. I, I think this is going to be the new thing. This is going to be the new thing. I can't wait to talk to Dave and figure out if he has to use his pronouns when he introduces himself at work. The place I used to work, yeah, they were pretty left-wing. So I've got a feeling he's probably going to end up having to do that. And the describing what you're wearing and what you look like, I, I know why they do this. They do this because for some reason, lots of deaf people or lots of blind people watch this. That's why they always have that hand signer, the uh, hang, uh, sign language gal in there. I don't know when that became a thing. I know it's been for a little bit. Big important speeches used to have it only, but now it seems like there's someone with doing sign language everywhere. Now we're going to have to start describing ourselves. I, so weird. But that wasn't, that wasn't the, the big, that wasn't the Kamala-ism. That's still a Kamala-ism, but Here's the bigger Kamala-ism. Now, when you listen, one thing we need to get used to is finding her keyword. What is her keyword? Right? 
there's one word that she constantly repeats in in her sentences and this i think this is a pretty small clip this is only like 30 seconds and she says the same word over and over and over again so let's listen to this and the act of the united states supreme court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of america will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations and we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. So that's why we are convened today. And um, I will add a couple of points in terms of the direct impact that we anticipate there will be from the Dobbs decision. So the word today, boys and girls, is impacted. She used impacted in that short clip four times. And with two different subjects and she used it twice in less than a 10 word sentence this gal just constantly finds the same words and and do you notice something she's always talking in subjective in flowery generalities she never really says anything and you're kind of like hey um huh we understand that you need to raise the heads of the people who are impacted with what they are impacted with. But what does that mean? How are you going? There's never an answer. There's never an answer. I could imagine sitting in a half hour meeting with her is as worthless as boobs on a boar. I, I cannot imagine there is anything that gets ever gets done when this gal is in a meeting. But, you know, speaking of worthless speech, so the uh, we're going to have the uh, GDP report come out tomorrow, tomorrow morning. It's expected to be bad. Some people say it's probably not going to be as bad. Of course, we're looking at some of the businesses out there. GM is down 40% thanks to the chip problem and the uh, supply chain crisis. Google reported that they're way down. Amazon's reported their way down. Um, uh, Walmart has reported that they're getting killed. So I don't see how GDP went up last quarter. Consumer confidence right now is in the toilet. So all signs over the last week and a half, when we heard we heard the earnings reports come out. All signs appear that we are actually going to be in a recession. The GDP is going to be negative. Now, mind you, a lot of people think we probably are in a recession already because the fourth quarter last year, like I mentioned earlier, the fourth quarter last year actually was at zero GDP growth. The first quarter of this year was at negative GDP growth. So there's a very good chance that we're probably already in a recession. A lot of people are saying in a recession. But... The Democrats, the left, continues to sit back and come up with a new playbook saying that, well, no, we're not in a recession. Now, here's the kicker. A, a recession is typically defined, and you, you can find this anywhere. Just type in what determines a recession. It is two straight quarters of GDP, negative GDP growth. Now, we are in 
three if if it comes out negative it would probably be three straight quarters of negative gdp growth the only reason they they didn't consider us in a recession before is that we had zero gdp growth so and typical gdp should be around for us two to four percent positive but we're looking at being negative so but they're saying no that's not it they're basically trying to change well i mean you can change a man into a woman yes i guess you can change what a recession is defined as and that's what they're doing it here are some here's some uh, clips and of course we'll get to biden who's got the easiest clip the easiest clip to play um here is a uh, uh, Biden's finance advisor Gene Sperling talking about this with uh, it looks like uh, with Fox News. Listen, you know, there's discussion over the weekend. Uh, Janet Yellen sort of saying, well, if you have two quarters of contracting GDP growth, not necessarily a recession. Um, I covered the economy for for many years. I was told by everybody I spoke to uh, that that two negative quarters, two contracting quarters means that the economy is in a recession. Do you believe that? Is that what you ascribe to? Uh, that is not the actual definition of a recession. It is a significant contractionary period over a few months. Okay, no. That is exactly what the, the definition of a recession is. It is negative GDP growth for two straight quarters, or in this case, six months. So, no, he's wrong here. That's not true. Here's Karen Jean-Pierre. Now, this is a really long clip. Uh, it's like three minutes. I'm going to play the entire clip because I want to point some things out in this three-minute clip. All right? And I'm going to do what she should have done, but she won't do because she's trying to bore people into not listening to her. Listen to this one. Um, the president said today that uh, we're not going to be in a recession. Uh, why is he so confident of that? So if you look at the economic indicators, uh, uh, as the president was, was uh, laying out, if you look at the labor market, uh, right now we are seeing historic uh, historic uh, 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 unemployment. If you look at low unemployment at 3.6, if you look at the average uh, amount of jobs that have been created, it's about 400 uh, per month. Those indicators do not show uh, that we are, are in a recession or even a pre-recession. Uh, there, uh, there is the end. The end NBER, the National Bureau of Economic uh, of um, uh, Economic Research, that actually I've talked about before, and they look at a range of um, they look at a broad range of data in deciding whether or not there is a recession. And most of the data that they look at right now continues to be strong. Those 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 uh, pieces that I just mentioned. If you look at consumer uh, consumers and how they're spending, if you look at what businesses and their households are investing, you can continue to see uh, resilience and it's consistent with a recession and you, even if you look at uh, the uh, the state uh, uh, the state unemployment numbers that we saw last week in 21 states uh, we saw that unemployment numbers were at was at three uh, percent or below and so all of those indicators show us uh, that uh, we're not in a recession or in a pre-recession at this time but how 
confident is that assessment, I guess? Is the president leaving it open for the possibility, or is he adamant that there's not going to be recession? Well, I mean, it's not, it's not our definition, right? We're talking about a definition from NBER, uh, which has been around since 1920, uh, which has said back, I give you some, some, um, uh, some quotes here. In 2007, the San Francisco Federal Reserve said, uh, you know, journalists often describe a recession as two consecutive quarter quarters of declines in quarterly real inflation-adjusted gross domestic pro product, GDP. The definition used by e economists differs. Uh, and so, again, NBER, they decide what the definition is. Uh, and so when you look at the uh, economic indicators, uh, we do you do not see the job growth, the, the labor, the strong labor market that we're seeing currently in a recession. She spent three minutes, three minutes, basically saying we're not in a recession because we've got lots of jobs. Now, she did lie a little bit. Consumer confidence is down. It is not up. I mean, the housing market is crashing right now. If you want to buy a house and pay the interest rate, you can get a house pretty cheap right now. So consumer confidence is way down. GM is not selling cars. People are not buying cars. Big ticket items because of, of the interest rates going up. So she's wrong with that. And no, companies are not investing into themselves. That's not happening. None of that is happening. I'm only surprised she didn't bring up the fact that wages have grown, but she can't bring that up because wages haven't grown. They've, they're negative 5% right now because of inflation. Here's the thing, and this is where she's just dead wrong, and this is where the Biden administration doesn't get it. Job numbers do not create a recession. Job, a recession actually will damage job numbers. So you can have lots of people with jobs right now still be in a recession because companies are not investing in themselves. The fact that we are at negative GDP just proves companies aren't investing in themselves. The stock market proves that people are not investing right now because they don't trust anything. And it's everything's gotten too expensive. She's just wrong here. But she spent three minutes. Oh, she. this is what she could have said. Well, we've got a really strong job market. We're at 3% uh, GDP. So, uh, no, a 3% unemployment. So, no, I don't think we're going to enter a recession. That's all she had to say. Th she took three minutes to say just that. And then threw in some fluff over there, which was just bullcrap. But then it's not just her. Then Joe Biden was asked by Peter Ducey, of course, uh, are we... Going into, is, is he afraid that we're going to be in a recession? Here's his answer. We could be in a recession. We're not going to be in a recession, uh, in my view. Uh, we uh, The employment rate is still one of the lowest we've had in history. It's in the 3.6 area. Uh, we still find ourselves with people investing. Uh, my, my hope is we go from this rapid growth to steady growth. And uh, so see, we'll see some coming down, but I don't think we're going to, uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. You know something? If Joe Biden told me it was going to be sunny tomorrow, I'd get an umbrella. The guy has been wrong about everything. Throughout his presidency, he has been wrong about absolutely everything. The guy hasn't done one thing right. I don't, if he says we're not going to be in a recession, it means we're in a recession. 
Now, hey, there's a very good chance that the job numbers are, uh, not the job numbers, excuse me, the GDP numbers are going to come out better than they were. But the fact that the Biden administration is now trying to change the definition of what a recession is tells me that they already know it's not going to be good. So, but the truth is out there. Here's NEC director, Brian Neese, okay? He also has been whining that this is not going to be a recession. We're not in a recession, blah, blah, blah. But he lets it out. He lets it out. And this is what he had to say on MSNBC. There is all of this talk about a possible recession and the technical definition of what it means. Let's forget that and just get practical. Explain to us the health of our economy right now. Well, we're in a transition and it feels unique because it is unique. There it is. And that's the key point. We are in a transition. I mean, forget the fact that no one asked us to be in a transition. No one wanted us in a transition. But we are in a transition. The Biden administration is trying to change the economy. They've said it over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter if we're suffering. Suffering, the suffering we're doing, the high gas prices, the inflation, the food shortages... The fact that you can't, you, you may not be able to buy pasta at the grocery store. Take a look at the pasta aisles. The lack of investment. All of that stuff, that is not a bug. That's the feature of what they are, of, of what they are trying to do. They're trying to get us out of cars. They are trying to get us to live more like third world countries live so that there is more, what, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, equity. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting day tomorrow. I might be a little later with the podcast simply uh, because of this story here. Okay, this is this is a phenomenal story here. According to the Daily Wire, on Monday, the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, proposed a $900 million to $2.2 billion Hail Mary offer to convince the Bears, Chicago Bears football team, to stay in their home stadium of over 50 years. However, the Chicago Bears stated in a press release earlier this month that they wouldn't consider any other offers, even for their home stadium, Soldier Field. The NFL team reaffirmed that sentiment to ESPN this week, noting that they were set on moving to another another location over 30 miles away. The article continues a little further down. The Bears plan to move to Arlington Park, the longtime site of Churchill Downs Thoroughbred Racing in Arlington Heights. That area experiences well below the national median in crime levels, according to multiple crime statistic analysis. Census data reports that the area has a median in household income of over $100,000 and just over 4% of residents were in poverty. In other words... The Bears are moving because of crime, homelessness, and poverty. Now, I've been to Soldier Field. It's not in the best of neighborhoods. It's it's just a little, I think it's a little south, yeah, a little south of, um, of downtown Chicago. Not a great neighborhood. By the way, neither is Comiskey Park, where the White Sox play. That is in a very bad neighborhood. I'm wondering how long it's going to be before uh, the White Sox move. And then if you want to know about the Cubs, the Cubs actually stay in northern Chicago, which is a very good area. 
Very high populated, very good area. So I, Lightfoot now is offering them $2.2 billion to stay over there. By the way, she's not offering them anything. She's offering your taxpayer money to for the Chicago Bears to stay there. She's a huge basketball and football fan. Uh, she even picked out what renovations she wanted to make to Soldier Field to keep the Bears there. And the Bears are just like, no, no we're not going to do that. Now, the Bears have said, by the way, wouldn't it be better if Lori Lightfoot spent the $2.2 billion on, I don't know, um, the police force to lower crime, maybe to get the bums off the street, maybe something like that? I, but no, that's, that's not important. Football's important. Okay. And I, I hate when, I hate when politicians do this. Don't use my tax money. I live in San Diego. The San Diego Chargers moved out of San Diego. I think it was a stupid move on their part, but they moved out of San Diego. And one of the big questions was, um, the city wanted to, the owners wanted the city to pay and the city said, we're not paying anything. That's how you deal with, with foot sports teams. You guys want to live in San Diego? You guys got to pay, pay for your own stadium. I, I, I can't, the city's not going to pay for a house for me to keep me here. That's not a thing. Don't use taxpayer money for that. By the way, this isn't going to be anytime soon. The Bears said they were going to honor their contract that they have with the city. Their contract goes till 2033. So Lightfoot has about 10 years to come up with something. Uh, I doubt she's going to be able to come up with something because you, you know one of the things she could just come up. Excuse me. One of the things she could come up with just end crime. Okay, this is a great idea. I like this idea by City. According to the Post Millennial, everyone in Kalamazoo, Michigan, can now go to the bathroom anywhere they like as city officials decriminalize the discharge of most bodily materials expelled in public spaces. City of Kalamazoo City Commissioner Chris Pradle said the change was for the sake of equity and explained the city wants to be, quote, fair and equitable to who these laws were most affecting, the unhoused population, as well as provide a better solution for those trying to get on their feet, end quote. So the best way to get on your feet is take a dump on the sidewalk. I hate this equity thing. These people are always worried about the people that produce nothing in society. And they really don't give a damn about the quality of life about of the people who do produce in society and do pay taxes in society. So instead of this thing being a misdemeanor, it will end up being an infraction. So if I take a leak in, the, in, in front of somebody's store, I'll just get a ticket. Which, if I'm homeless, I ain't going to pay anyway. So what difference does it make? Hey, here's the thing, too. Just a question. Um, they do this in a bunch of places. They do this in California. They do this in Washington State. They do this in in, Port, uh, in uh, Oregon. They do this in New York. They do this in Washington D.C. They do th they do this in Illinois. They have made pooping on the sidewalk in some places not even a ticket. Can't this guy from Kalamazoo call a couple of the leaders in those? areas and and ask how it's going 
Or maybe here's something wild and crazy. Fly to Los Angeles and take a look what it's like. Fly to San Francisco and take a look what those laws are like. How they damage everything. Now, before before we get crazy and I, I, I sit back and I feel really bad for all the homeowners over there, let's be careful. I don't. You know why? This guy's an elected official. This guy's an elected official. These people elected these officials. It's kind of like Los Angeles and San Francisco and California in general. Do I feel bad? I feel bad for me. I like California, but I'm going to have to leave. But do I think it's Gavin Newsom's fault? Nope. We need to stop electing these idiots. But we continue to elect them. Now, I think California also has the most corrupt voting laws in the country. So I think the way they set up the voting makes it that Democrats really honestly can never lose. It's a one-party state. But the reality is, oh, well, sucks to be you, but uh, stop voting this way. Michigan's just as bad as California. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer, one of the worst... Go- I mean, she killed people with the COVID thing. She's still going to get elected as governor in Michigan. She's... I mean, my Lord, how does she become governor in Michigan after what she did during COVID? Letting her husband go fishing while everyone else can't, can't even buy paint to paint their house when they're... The, you know, the one they're stuck in because she locked everything down. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Let's see here. So Twitter's at it again. This is kind of nice. Um, last week, some guy decided... Some guy... Okay, well, this is how it started. Some gal who represents the LGBTQ plus IJ asterisk group uh, posted a article by the, um, I think it's the Daily Something. I can't remember. I didn't read it. And about uh, about a situation where the Proud Boys went into a drag queen story time and started harassing the people. Well, some guy said he agreed with them. I agreed with them. And she uh, she basically started arguing back and forth. And finally, the guy called her a groomer. Well, this gal... Works for Media Matters. And she decided to report the guy. Now, if you don't know who Media Matters is, uh, it is a left-wing group of that goes after conservative publications and reports them as racist, bigots, homophobes, or whatever. Basically, they are professional trolls. Now, the no one should really have much respect for that. I mean, I, I'm a troll and no one cares what I do. But here's the thing. They are also... They also put pressure on businesses to break relation business relationships off with certain organizations based off their belief system. For example, Media Matters was very into um, the Chick Fil A controversy when the guy who owned Chick Fil A said he wasn't a he wasn't for gay marriage. Uh, things like that. They're the ones that attack Fox News's um, advertisers. When Tucker Carlson says something he do, they don't like, they're the ones that actually do that. And what's worse, they are actually um, being consulted by other platforms like Twitter and Facebook to find out who they should keep and who they should get rid of. So Media Matters has become 
rather powerful. Anyway, this guy got suspended until he took down the tweet calling this gal a groomer. It, they nailed him for hateful conduct, which I don't think that's hateful conduct. Now, mind you, this is the same group that suspended libs of TikTok. She doesn't actually post anything on it. She doesn't actually say anything. She posts what liberals are saying, what leftists are saying. She has been suspended for hateful conduct. And meanwhile, the guy who threatened to blow up her house, he was never suspended. Yes, that did happen. This broad tweeted after, after he was suspended, quote, accusing people of harming children with no basis is extremely dangerous. Three weeks again, Lindsay directed his little groomer bit at a library holding a drag queen story hour. Proud Boy showed up three days later with signs about groomers and rifles. Okay, a few things about this. And this is the problem with Media Matters. I know the story she's talking about. I actually talked about this story. It didn't happen. At least not in the way she's talking about. The Proud Boys walked into the, the, the library, started harassing the drag queen and the, dra and the librarian. They, they were being very loud, very belligerent. And by the way, the whole scene was, was creepy. Just the thought that this is being allowed with kids is just creepy. They were not armed. They were never arrested. Basically, this gal just made all this crap up. Okay, here's the groomer thing. The groomer thing is made to be kind of a meme. All right? It's not, it's not, you're not accusing most conservatives, by the way, not me. I'm different. Most conservatives believe that the groomer term is a meme for boomer. Remember when someone did something stupid and they were from the baby boom generation? They would be dismissed by whatever boomer. I mean, that's the same thing. Whatever groomer. It's the same thing. Most conservatives that actually sit there and use the term boomer, they're not a groomer. They're not doing it to accuse that person of being a pedophile. They are just pointing out what they're doing is wrong. Okay, here's the thing. Not in my case. When I use the term groomer, I mean you're a freaking pervert and pedophile. I mean it when I say it online. And by the way, I've said it online a bunch of times since this story came out. I, I've never been suspended. Okay, so I, I think this might have been a one-off. Maybe they're not banning the term groomer. But when I call you a groomer, I mean you're a pedophile and a pervert. Anybody who dresses in drag and reads to children, you're a, gro you're a groomer. You're a pedophile as far as I'm concerned. Any parent that allows their children to do that, they're a groomer. They're a pedophile and a pervert. So when I say it, that's exactly what I do mean. And by the way, conservatives should say it. They shouldn't have any problems with it. Okay, here's here's a story. This is great. You may not have wondered, yeah, I'm 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 running I'm running I'm running late, but that's okay. This is the last story. Um, I never wondered about this before, but now thinking about it, especially now that we live in a world where our technology is high, we're constantly in space, 
we need to figure out how to live in space. I mean, that's what the I ISS is up there for. That's why China is making their own ISS. They're talking about landing on the moon one day and, and, and colonizing the moon. We're talking about calling. But this is something that, that I, I never thought of because I didn't honestly think it was that important, but it could be. So according to the New York Post, astronauts have been warned about against masturbating in space over fears female astronauts could get impregnated by stray fluids. There are strict guidelines over, quote, alone time, end quote, on board, a zero, on board in zero gravity. Scientists have warned it even the slightest rogue droplet could cause chaos on board. Now, I, I got to tell you, far be it from me, because I'm not a physicist, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a scientist, I, I, I'm not even that great in math, but what the F? Are you kidding? What kind of coincidence, what kind of, how shall we say, what kind of variables have to be enabled for this to actually happen? Okay, so the article continues. Apparently, uh, one of these guys was um, on Conan O'Brien. So Conan O'Brien waded into the uncomfortable topic while interviewing a NASA engineer, asking him if he, he had ever sent porn to the International Space Station. Uh, Conan O'Brien is a late-night host. He's actually kind of funny. No, none of that, the scientist Smith said. Quote, does porn work in zero gravity? It goes everywhere, end quote, Conan probed. Quote, three female astronauts can get impregnated by the same man on the same session. It finds a way, the scientist continues. I, I mean, I, do they have evidence of this? Do they have evidence of this? I don't know. It sounds way out there. But there you have it. You got it. So if you ever thought about jerking off in space, don't do it with a woman around or you'll knock her up. Uh, don't say that I've never taught you anything. Okay, that's it. So tomorrow, big news. We'll see what happens with the economy. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Two videos have dropped on Rumble. Just go to Rumble, type in Dumbasses Talking Politics, and please listen to them. Apparently, people are beginning to listen to them. Watch them. Uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.